Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So she only thinks Eagle Nine has popcorn and candy, okay? So we got popcorn and candy. Oh, and a pickle. Popcorn, candy, and a pickle. And so we were there, and it was just a few of us in the theater seeing the, the actual theatrical release of the live-action Little Mermaid movie, right? So we're really stoked about that. And, you know, little girl, she sat through the whole movie, and it was awesome. But you remember that real, that part of the movie, even from the cartoon, where um, Ariel, she wants to be a human so badly. She believes that's her purpose. That's her goal in life. That is everything to be a human. You know, that whole thing, part of your world, and she's singing to Eric and all this stuff, right? And, um, well, she's collecting things that fall off the ships that belong to humans. She grabs those, and she doesn't know what anything is. And she has this seagull that's telling her what it is, right? And there's this scene where the, the seagull, he's a boy in the, in the cartoon, but you remember, I know this because I've seen this a thousand times. But in the movie, it's a girl, right? And so remember the fork? And, the, she, and Ariel doesn't know what it is. And she's like, what is it? You know, it's shiny and it has pointed things. And, he, and he's like, uh, you know, the, the bird's like, well, I know what this is. It's a dingle hopper, and, you know, the humans use this to straighten their hair, and I probably need that for mine because this is as good as it gets, guys. But the per- didn't, she didn't know what the purpose was for a fork. She thought it was for her hair. And many of us are doing that same thing with our lives. We don't realize that we were born and made for God. The Bible says we were made by God and for God. Now, most of us, probably all of us, are born-again Christians in here tonight, hopefully online too. But as followers of Jesus, many times we start following Jesus, we get born again, we get our ticket to heaven, and then we subconsciously make a decision along the way to basically say this by our actions, God, I've got it from here. So instead of letting the same God who's getting us to heaven by the blood of Jesus, we start to run our own lives and try to find our own purpose and try to make our own decisions apart from God, and we wonder why we struggle. It's like putting a square peg into a round circled area. It just doesn't fit. We're born again. We're following Jesus, but we have no purpose or direction in life. And we walk around without direction, same as anybody else who doesn't know Jesus. Tonight, I want to talk about the pathway to purpose. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, 6 through 10. Would you stand with me? This is an awesome passage. We're going to continue where Pastor Matt left off. Now, this is cool. Because this, this was actually the first epistle that Paul ever wrote in about A.D. 51. Now, you don't need to know that. There's no quiz later. But Paul wrote this. He wasn't, he wasn't actually laying the smack down on these people. Now, you read 1 Corinthians. He's like, man, y'all are jerks, and you're full of sin, and I love you, but you got to get right. And he's going off on these people. But in 1 Thessalonians, that's not it. He's like, you guys are doing great. So I'm encouraging you to walk in holiness. I'm encur- And Bali tells me never to stand on chairs, but I'm going to do it once because I'm a youth pastor and that's what we do. He says, he says, you guys are doing great, but I want you to walk in holiness and Jesus is coming back. So be encouraged. Because so, in, in Acts chapter 17, Paul had just come back. You remember in Acts 16, whenever he was thrown in prison, they cast the devil out of that girl and they got thrown in prison. They start worshiping God, having a praise service, an earthquake hits and everybody gets saved. You remember that? Well, after that, they come rolling up to, Th- to Thessalonica, and they roll up in this city, and these guys are pagans. Nobody knows Jesus. They worship a bunch of gods. 
They're in a very independent city ruled under the Roman Empire. The city, interestingly enough, was named after the half-sister of Alexander the Great about 300 years earlier. This is a pagan city. They don't know nothing about the God of the Old Testament. They don't know nothing about the Messiah. They don't know anything about Jesus. But Paul comes rolling up and saying, God's got a purpose for you. He loves you. He made you in his image. Jesus died for you, and there's power in the cross. So Jesus, he's telling them this, and they're like, let's do this. Let's follow Jesus. But they start getting persecuted. But they, it doesn't stop them, and they refuse to let their pain define their lives. They are defined by a purpose in following Jesus, the same as you and me can do. Somebody say, the pathway to purpose. Now, let's read these verses, because this is cool, because Paul's giving them props. Paul's like, man, he's so excited about what's happening for them, and we're going to follow kind of what Paul did and what Paul is sharing to the Thessalonians, and there's a few points for you and me. All right, verse 6. Ready? One, two, three. Let's read. But now Timothy has just returned, bringing us good news. What kind of news? Good news. Don't you like good news? I hate getting bad news. Or when you're, not me, but whenever I have to tell, whenever Volley, Volley comes and says, hey, we need to talk. Oh, my God. Or I tell her, right? Hey, we need to talk. Oh, no. No, but it's good news, right? It's good news. All right, good news. Where are we at? Bringing us good news about your faith and love. He reports, read it with me. He reports that you always remember our visit with joy and that you want to see us as much as we want to see you. Now look at this, verse 7. So we have been greatly encouraged in the midst of our troubles and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, because you have remained strong in your faith. It gives us new life to know that you are standing firm in the Lord. How we thank God for you. Because of you, we have great joy as we enter God's presence. Night and day, we earnestly, we pray earnestly for you, asking God to let us see you again to fill the gaps in your faith. And so in these verses, we, and, in, and what Paul is bringing to the Thessalonians is three points I want to bring across tonight in the pathway to purpose. This is something that I think can set the tone for your life for 2024. Three words. Identity, purpose, and joy. Someone say identity, purpose, and joy. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, speak to us tonight. I'm so grateful for your presence that you love us. God, help us to find our purpose in you as followers of Jesus. Help us to live intentionally, passionately pursuing you, growing in our relationship with you, and building the kingdom, connecting to the purpose of reaching others with the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to see others grow and be trained in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Grab a seat. Many years ago, I was introduced, I was introduced to a great movie, all right? It was called The Born Identity. It was awesome. You remember that? Uh, Jason Bourne is the main guy in this movie, right? He's the main character. Super cool guy, played by Matt Damon, actor. Well, the movie starts off. There, there's like this ocean or this massive sea, and there's this guy floating. You think he's dead floating in the water. He's just been shot. Well, these seamen, these sailors, pull this guy out of the water. They find like bullets in him and stuff. So they do surgery. They're taking care of him, all this stuff. And they bring him out. And when they bring uh, Matt Damon out, who's Jason Bourne, they pull him out. He, ha he comes to find out through the course of the movie that he has these amazing skills. He's this incredible guy. He can run fast. He can shoot. He can fight. He's just extraordinary. 
but he doesn't know who he is. And throughout the course of the movie, he finds out he's a multi-million dollar military asset, like with the CIA and Treadstone, all this stuff from the movie. He's this super powerful assassin. But when he finds out who he is, he also finds out that he has a good heart and actually wants to help people. He taps into a real purpose in his life. And you and I can tap into our purpose too. Pathway to purpose. Somebody say purpose. The first point is identity. You see, when we understand who we are as followers of Jesus, then we can find our purpose and experience the joyful life God has for us. You see, when Paul came to the Thessalonians in, in Acts chapter 17, he came to preach the gospel. Gospel means good news. He's preaching to them, hey, Jesus can save you, he can set you free, he can bless you and work in your life with persecution. He never lied to them. Jesus never lied about that. When you're not drinking with the boys or drinking with the girls after work, you're going to get persecuted in some way. They may not throw you in prison like they do like in, in a, an Islamic country or something in the 1040 window, but there's persecution for following Jesus and not just going with the flow. Paul's sharing that, and he, he let them know what their identity was. He did that in his own life. When God worked in him, God changed everything. And this way, this year, when you want to step into your purpose, you have to understand who you really are. You are on a whole other level than Jason Bourne. You have Jesus Christ living in your heart by the power of the Spirit. You're the redeemed, and this is what God says about you. You can underline this. You can look up the verses later. I'm going to throw them on the screens. The first thing is I'm going to just throw some things at you of who we are in our identity as followers of Jesus. Because you're not just some, somebody walking down the street. You are more than your race. You are more than your culture. God bless it all. But you are a child of God now. You have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, and now you are favored and blessed. And the first thing is you are redeemed. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. We are redeemed. Someone say redeemed. That's part of your identity. We're the seed of Abraham. The blessings of God belong to us through Jesus. Galatians 3.29 says, and if you were Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise, seed of Abraham. But John, you don't understand. I'm third, fourth generation welfare check recipient. You don't understand. I know what kicks cereal tastes like better than anybody. I know what the peanut butter looks like and the white cans more than anybody, John. That's who we are. That's how we've always been. No, you're the seed of Abraham when you got born again. The Bible says we're in this world but not of this world in John chapter 17. It says we're blessed financially, Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This afternoon I was, I was getting my kids fed. And you see, I'm, I was a, a single man for 33 years, all right? When I, when I was about to get married, I was so excited. I was like, Dad, I'm 33, I'm getting married. Isn't that awesome? And Dad's all, yeah, Jesus got crucified at 33. I don't, I don't know what that meant, but... Dad was just always keeping me in my toes and everything. But this afternoon, I was like, I'm going to feed the kids because I am, guys, after 33 years in the kitchen, I know how it's done. All right? My little girl says I'm hungry, so I made her a sandwich. <laughs> my little boy was hungry. He didn't tell me nothing because he can't speak yet. Pray for him. He's not even saved yet, but we're going to get him. He's eight months old. But I fed him leftovers. Boom. And my little girl was still hungry. Gave her a banana. I know how it's done. And so I said, but guess what? Her identity is a child of Jonathan and Bali. 
So I'm a provider for her. She doesn't come to me and go, man, I'm hungry. I'm like, I don't know. I guess you're going to have to figure that one out on your own. (laughs) No. But we think God's that way, don't we? Maybe because our earthly father was that way. Maybe because we had a bad experience or a hurtful relationship or we experienced abuse. But God's not that way. He loves us. And we have identity as God's children. We're healed. 1 Peter 2.24 says, it says, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. But that's, don't you understand, John? I've struggled with sickness all my life. We cannot let our experience define who God is. We can't exchange what we don't, we should never exchange what we know for something we don't know. I don't know why everything happens the way it does or why everybody doesn't struggles with things or don't get healed like I think they should or dies before their time or whatever. But I know that God is good. I know he doesn't change and I know he's still the healer. And I know his promises, even though I haven't experienced all of them yet, I'm going to step into them. So you got to keep up because I'm running after the promise. I'm running after Jesus and the coinciding promises of God. All right. Identity. We're favored. Psalms 512 says, for you, O Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You'll surround them as a, as a shield. Jesus knew his identity and walked toward his purpose. The Bible says he stood before Pontius Pilate getting ready to die. One of the most brutal deaths in the history of the world. And he's standing before Pilate, and Pilate said, is is it true? Are you the son of God? Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus looked back at him, didn't even flinch. He didn't answer to Pontius Pilate or anybody else. But he said, you say that I'm a king. This is the reason I was born. He knew his purpose all the way to the end and into stepping to the right hand of the father. When I went to college, I was, when I stepped into, into college, I wanted to define myself by my grades, and I made good grades. I wanted to get, I was so fascinated with politics. It was, it was I, I didn't realize it was a call of God on my life. I got an internship in Washington, D.C. with a U.S. senator. It was phenomenal. But I was defining myself by those things, and I was miserable because only God and his purpose can fill us and direct us where he wants us to go, where we're the most joyful. And it was when I came to the end of myself at a Bible study with Ty and Heather Bean, and I went from their Bible study near USW, drove to City Park, the closest part to Hobbs High, tears streaming down my face the first Tuesday in November of 2001. And I said, God, if you can change me and do anything with me, I give you every part of me. And God began to change and open my eyes so I could see God's purpose. That I wasn't defined by grades. That I wasn't defined by what I felt was the career for me. That I wasn't defined by who I could make myself to be. That I was defined by what Jesus did at the cross. And I could have identity at the death, burial, and resurrection of the son of the living God. And that same power that raised him from the dead could change my life. And God could work in my life what I saw was impossible before. God is not defined by your limitations. God is not defined by what you and I think is impossible. God is not defined by our limitations or what we perceive to be dead dreams. God is a God of resurrection. It is a part of who he is. And God creates purpose. And the Bible says, I change not. The Bible said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he birthed in your heart greatness. And God God made you to change the world. So when God changed me that night in 2001, two weeks later, I was sitting in church. And he spoke to me that he called me to the ministry. 
And by then, I was ready, boy. I was ready to step into God's purpose. The Bible says Paul was a killer of Christians. He was organized, passionate. But the Bible says on the way to Damascus to kill more Christians, God revealed himself to him, and he became a follower of Jesus. He changed everything. So how do we find our identity? We renew our mind by speaking the word. Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You want to step toward your purpose? You have to be intentional. It doesn't come by just saying, oh, I went to church. I feel so good. Oh, don't you feel good? Me too. And the spirit of God will make you feel that way. That's good. But we can't be moved by feelings because a snicker bar will make you feel good too. I like blizzards. The other day I went to Dairy Queen, man, and they were closed. They, had, they said their ice, their ice cream machine was closed already. I'm not going to say where it was, but Marfa, Texas. All right? Their purpose was to get me a blizzard. But guess what? That'll make you feel good for a little bit. It's not about feelings, though. God's, God's presence will make you have better feelings than anything, but it's not about that. God is about change and giving you actual purpose that redefines everything. But we have to be intentional. What does that look like? It's training. It's getting in the word every day. It's spending time with God and speaking the word over your life. Identity. When we find our identity, we move toward God's purpose. Second thing is actual purpose. As we discover our identity, who we are in Christ, God directs us toward our purpose, building his kingdom. See, Paul was a killer. He said, I'm the least of all, all the believers. I'm the least of the apostles. He understood what he had done. He had memories that would rock any of us. But God changed him. And he went from killing Christians and persecuting moms and dads and ripping them and destroying them and tear, tearing families apart to writing 1 Corinthians 13 where he talked about the love of God. And he said, now abides faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. God changed his life and gave him a new purpose. That's why when he walked into Thessalonica, he walked in with love. He wasn't a killer anymore. He was changed. And he said, God changed me. And he, here's the good thing about stepping into God's purpose. Some of us think it has to be this great deep thing. No, no, no. You spend time with God in prayer and the word, and then go and love people. You know, do your job. Don't be, when you're doing your job, you got to do your job. You're like, no, I need to preach the gospel and stand on a chair. No, no, no. You got to do your job, right? But you be full of joy and the love of Jesus and invite people, love on him. Say, man, he did this for me. He can do it for you too. Paul went into, now Paul had, this guy was legit. He went into Thessalonica and said, God changed me. He can change you. And he went in for probably minimum of a month. The Bible says in Acts 17, it was three Sabbath days. Some say it was up to 90 days. But he went in and shared Jesus with him. He said, he changed my life. He can change yours too. He gave me purpose. He can give you purpose too. So they were willing to give up their false gods for the one true God. They were willing to suffer persecution because they found the one who was greater than all of it. Purpose. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Paul understood. He understood purpose. He found purpose in sharing Jesus with people and helping them grow in their faith. Somebody say purpose. And because of that, he had joy. Paul knew who he was and started winning people to Jesus, getting them trained and getting people growing in their faith. 
And that's why in Galatians 3, 7 through 10, you see him saying that he's greatly encouraged. You see him saying it gives us new life. You see him saying how we thank God for you. He wasn't saying that to the Corinthians, but he said that to the Thessalonians because he was excited to see God working in their life. When I was a kid, man, I, even in Denver City in our church, when my dad was a pastor in Española, I'd see him share Jesus with people. This was a Vietnam veteran. He should have been an alcoholic. He should have been a womanizer. He should have been on drugs and possible suicide. Because people didn't talk about PTSD in 1969. When people were coming back from the Tet Offensive in Vietnam, they weren't talking about that stuff. They were persecuting Vietnam veterans and calling them a lot of stuff as soon as they landed at the airport in Sacramento from Vietnam. It was hard. But somebody came up to my dad and said, hey, man, the Bible is the training manual for your life. The Bible is the training manual for your life. And when you get into this word and you share it with other people, it'll change everything. And God healed my dad. He didn't have physical injuries, but God healed him in his mind and in his heart. And he became someone that shared Jesus with other people. As the music plays, and you can bring those lights if uh, maybe Cy could help me with that or Ethan. In 2013, um, actually it was 20 years ago, it was about 20 years ago, they told my mom she had some lumps and like cancer. And she decided that God was bigger than that. And she decided the purpose that Jesus gave her was much bigger than cancer or sickness. So she believed God and she went on a mission trip to Africa and started sharing Jesus. What you don't know is my mom was the great-great-great-granddaughter of a Civil War soldier, a Confederate. But Jesus changed her grandfather. And her grandfather was mentored by a black man. God changed the purpose and tra trajectory of their family. My grandpa was touched by God and said, I want to go to Africa because I want to go and share Jesus. I've found my purpose. And it's to show the love of God to people. And I want to go to the black man. Because God, gave, God he was mentored by an African American man. And said I want to go share Jesus with these beautiful people. In the same way that love was shown to me. And he had a little girl along the way named Barbara. And she decided to serve God. And be passionate about a relationship with Jesus. And God gave her a white woman, a love for Latinos. She spoke Spanish. She worked at it. She married a Hispanic. Cross-cultural boundaries because she said, God did something to me. I love this man and I want to reach out to the Latino people in a multicultural place. And God used her where she wasn't defined by her past. She wasn't defined by her bloodline. She wasn't defined by what the doctors tried to say. And even in 2013, when they gave her 30 days to live, we believed God. God gave her five years more. It was a miracle. She wrote three children's books. I walked her down the aisle toward my marriage. Some of y'all were there. She shared Jesus and mentored more women. Some of y'all were in her group, Sister Debbie, some others. She found her purpose in Jesus before she crossed over into heaven. And you can find your purpose too. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you need to get right with God tonight, you say, I need to find my purpose in Jesus. Maybe it's for the first time. Or you need to find your purpose. You say, you know what? I need to come back 
to my relationship with Jesus so that I can find my purpose for my life. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Let me pray for you tonight. Hands are awesome. Hands are already going up. You say, man, I need to go deeper in to find my purpose even more this year. If that's you too, raise your hand. I'm going to pray for you. My hand's up. Shoot. I want this. With your hands raised. And then there's some of you in the house. You say, Pastor John, but I also need prayer in my life. There's something going on. Raise your hand too. And if that's you for any of those things, stand to your feet. and I'm going to pray with you. I'm on my feet already. We're about to close. But I want to pray for you. Lift your hands all over the room. Let's pray that first prayer. And for anyone who needs to come back to God, say, Lord Jesus, I come back to you. Forgive me. Purify me. Wash me in your blood. Jesus, I repent of my sins. And I confess you as my Lord, Savior, and my God. Change me. Use me. Fill me. I give you every part of me. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over every person in this place that this year they would begin to step into the word, to speak the word over their lives, to plug in like they never have before. God, to intentionally get training, to intentionally pursue you. Father God, to find their identity, to step into their purpose, and then to experience the joy of all of it that you have for them. I pray that in Jesus' name. And for everyone who has a need tonight, I speak healing. For wayward children who have walked away from God, I speak restoration to the cross. For everybody who's struggled, we, we, Father God, we speak blessing and restoration tonight. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.